Look at someone around you and say, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. You can never have too many dads. Amen? What the world needs today is a few more fathers. Amen? To speak into kids' lives and to help make a difference. Fathers make a difference. In a culture where sometimes dads gets left out, at least we get one day a year. Amen, fathers? <laughs> they get 364, you get one. That's about the way it goes. What's Mine is hers, and what's hers is hers. That's what they always say, so a lot of truth to that statement. Amen, Earl. You could have said amen, Earl. <laughs> when she says work on the house, work on the house. Happy wife, happy life. But women, you got to give it up today because this is Dad's Day. What an awesome opportunity in God's church to get to uh, speak to this occasion, and we're thankful for it and the opportunities that God gives us. <laughs> Had a great uh, getaway um, for our anniversary last week. Uh, we went to a place we've not been before and played golf and had a good time. So it was a, a fun getaway, but it's uh, always a joy to get to come back, a um, little refreshed, refocused, and what better day to do it than land on Dad's Day, Father's Day. Dusty did an awesome job last week. Amen. I listened to it online and uh, loved the words that he said. Um, speaks truth when he gets up here to speak. and It's just good sometimes to hear from somebody's voice but mine. And uh, I appreciate Dusty and his willingness to uh, step up to the plate and swing for the fences and knock one over the fence. It was a home run for sure. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, the only parts that's missing is you have to turn it up really loud for Travis and Betty's part to really hone in and hear uh, them speaking from the crowd. Next time, just come up and get the mic, and that way we'll be able to record it a little bit better. But I could hear you. I turned it wide open sitting in the park in Ashland eating lunch. So thank you guys for always being obedient um, to God. Father's Day. It's often said that the way we view our birth fathers plays a large role in the way we view our Heavenly Father. As a result, many picture God who is physically or emotionally distant. However, Scripture is filled with examples of God's constant care, His presence, and His love for His children. His example shows that the greatest gift of fathers can give to their families is being fully present in their lives. Is that true? Amen. To be a good dad, you need to be present. You have to be a provider, and that doesn't come easily. Amen. Um, in our 
world that we're living in and especially here in Lewis County I know um, many 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 fathers either have to work a lot of hours here to make it or they have to drive far distances to make it and that absence causes you do not have that presence. And we got to do what we got to do. Amen. And the key is doing the most you can with what you have. Amen. And what you have is enough. Because the Bible is very clear that God gives us and sustains us. What you have is enough. Look at your neighbor and say, what you have is enough. You're not allowed to say any longer, I don't have time. Come on, somebody. How many uses that one? I don't have time. Any dads in the room, you ever use that one? I don't have time. You do have time. <laughs> it's what do you do with the time? And how many feels like you're running out of time? Amen. <laughs> that it seems like it just, it's a rat race. It's just on and on and on. The speed in which life comes hurling at our face. It's a headwind that it seems like it's hard to overcome. But the peace and stuff that the songs that we were singing a moment ago happens even in the midst of a storm. We can still have peace. Amen. We can still be present in the moment, even in turmoil. And God is the one that gives us that peace. So if there's any advice that fathers could take in this room today in being present, even in the midst of a storm, even when you're called to travel, there's many in here that travels, that works a lot of hours, that drives a lot of miles just to make it back home. I know one guy that's he's been driving from Louisa to Columbus to work every day. That's a long that's a long trip. But he's doing it so he can be home with his son. Amen. That's tough. And it proves he's a good dad. But he's taking a lot of danger and leaving that early and getting home that late. And driving that many miles because the roadways are treacherous these days. Amen. How many drives? How many drives an hour to work? How many saw people reading a newspaper while driving? How many saw people reading a book while driving? How many saw people? on their phone while they're driving all the time it's scary and to think about two vehicles weighing 3,000 pounds each traveling at 60 mile an hour passing each other within 18 inches of each other you talk about putting yourself in harm's way look at your neighbor and say don't text and drive Now look at him and say, no, I'm being serious. Don't text and drive. For one, you're too important to me. 
Amen. For the readers, don't read and drive. For the news munchers, don't read the newspaper and drive. It'll be there when you get to work. You'll have a break time. You'll have a lunch time. Read it then. Just because you need a water, water cooler talking points, think outside the box. Think for yourself. Amen? Ernie, I loved hearing Ernie's stories when I first come into their fold and Ernie would tell me about some of the stuff that would go on up at the railroad and I, like a bunch of cackling hens, it sounded to me like, you know. Anybody ever had a bunch of chickens around? They just... We kind of got an animal theme going here, so I got to play into it. And everybody's opinion at work would be what they would read, what they had read or the news they had watched before they got there. How many knows there's different versions of that? <laughs> what happened to the days where men thought for themselves? That I quit living out others' dreams or talking points or thoughts, but I talked about what had been going on in my life. Amen. We can talk about Washington, D.C. We can talk about Frankfurt. We can talk about the courthouse. But that's really not what's important. It affects us. Absolutely it affects us. But what affects more than anything is a dad in a home rearing kids. So this sermon asks for me to read Luke chapter 15. Might as well do it. Do what they say, right? Luke 15. This is a really good um, text for us to dig into just a little bit. There's a lot to it. And I want to read it all because there's three different parts that make sense to what we're doing here today. Luke 15. It said, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. It's a pretty good day when the IRS is there and Everybody's doing everything wrong. Amen. That's who came to hear Jesus. Wonder why they would come. Because <laughs> they got problems, right? That's what Jesus wants us to do when we have problems, when we have trials, when we have tribulations, is come to him. And that's who came. Verse 2, in the Pharisees and the scribes, Church folk, everybody say church folk, complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. I can't believe my pastor will sit down at a table with people like that. Amen. We've heard it. Man, Leslie's heard this. We've, we've had dinner with people, and they may be drinking. And some people in the church world will say, you can't go around that. You can't be around that. You can't put your, place yourself in those arenas. If Jesus did it, and he calls us to be an under-shepherd, I must do it. Amen? So if you see me with a drug addict and my arm around their shoulders, don't think ill of me because that's what Jesus called us to do. Be a friend of sinners. That's who Jesus was. 
The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But the church folk got tore up, or their panties in a wad, the way some people say it, that he didn't act like they act. Had they fixed anything until he got here? No, they made a mess of things, didn't they? They wasn't inviting as a church. They didn't say, come as you are. They said, come be like me. Let me put my rules, my regulations, my thoughts, my opinions on you, and you have to be just like me. Jesus come and set the record straight. That's not how it is. The kingdom of heaven he talked about often, but I have to keep reading because we've got a lot to read. So he spoke this parable to say to them. So sometimes when Jesus couldn't talk to them straight, he'd tell them a story so maybe they'd figure it out. Amen? How many know some people that need the light bulb to go off over their head? <laughs> Amen? How many know sometimes it's hard to get them to at least consider it just for a second, right? Jesus was dealing with some trifling folk here. Amen? Church folk. If you want to get some opinions, get, get around some church folk. It's going to be beautiful down down in a few weeks when we all get together. When we all get it would be beautiful service. I'm looking forward to it. He spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses, oh, we're back to the animals here, hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Amen? You want to make heaven rejoice? Give your life to Jesus. Amen? It'll be a better place than the other option, I assure you. I talked to a guy this week, and he brought up this scripture in this text, and he was talking about the 99 and, and how that it says, and oftentimes people will say, you know, well, why didn't, and they'll use this in a text, and they'll put their swing on it and say, why don't my pastor come chasing me down? Pastor's supposed to leave the flock the 99, and go get the one that wants to leave. How many's heard that in Christianity? <laughs> it's a real statement. But sometimes Jesus talks to people that want salvation, that need salvation, that sometimes even leans in and follows him for a time in a season. And this guy that I was talking to took, said, take into account the rich young ruler. Comes to Jesus and says, what do I got to do to be saved? I will keep the commandments. I've already done that. I'm good. Then he said, give all you have to the poor and then come follow me. And it says that the rich young ruler turned away and walked away sorrowful because he couldn't give up on what his possessions were to do what Jesus asked him to do. Does it say that Jesus chased him down? No. And I'm not saying I won't check in on you. I, won't, I, I want to do those things. But guess what? You're here today because you want to be here. Amen? 
You're here because of God. And I, I love you. I cherish you. I, I want you to be here. But some people that walk away want to walk away. I'm not going to oppose that if they want to walk away. It's okay. And sometimes when they go to other churches, some people get tore up about that. I don't. Amen. It's a season. And sometimes pastors get aggravated by that. And I've got pastor friends that do. I can't believe I spent all that investment and I, I counseled them and we give resources to them and they walk away and abandoned the church. They didn't abandon the church if they're still down the street at another one. Amen? Amen? That's all God's kingdom. This is all his church. And it's funny how pastors are allowed to resign and go to another church, but people can't. Amen, somebody. It's all right. It's going to be okay. As Travis said a few weeks ago, you've got to grow where you're planted. If God plants you somewhere and places you somewhere, be all you can be while in the army. Amen? Do the things you need to do. And it's kind of weird because we come to Vacation Bible School last night, and thank you for all the helpers. Amen? If, anybody in here that helped with Vacation Bible School, they're all over still helping, ain't they? There's a few in here. Oh, there's Amy in here. There's Albie back here. Dusty. Ryan's here. We've got, we got some helpers around here. Shannon was here. Yeah, he was one night. I've seen pictures. Well, here's my point. If there's a dad in the room, it's a good day. Amen? There's some churches out there that when they do VBS, there's not a guy in the picture. Amen? Just being here, present, is enough. Amen? Travis goes overboard and dresses up and does all that stuff. Amen? That's okay. <laughs> he loves doing it. Have at it. And uh, sometimes a little sheep will get out of the fold, won't they? You get that many little hoodlums running around here. Kimberly, was they, was they where they were supposed to be at all points in time? No. <laughs> Boys and girls, it's not a gender thing. This is all inclusive of all of them. They, they do what they want to do sometimes. And the boy, oh, okay, it's always the boys the problem, yeah, mostly because their minds just work at a different wavelength. But anyway, the <laughs> one little boy, he wore me out. I got out of breath, and I wasn't here about an hour, but I was out of breath. He, he'd killed me. When you're used to not uh, being a dad and being around kids all the time, they will wear you slap out. And I chased him for a little bit, and finally I gave up. I thought, he'll, he'll just have to fend for himself. <laughs> then Ryan took over. <laughs> so he, somebody will always step up, amen. Verse 8, or what woman... Having ten silver coins, notice the women's always got the money. Guy had the sheep out there to work with, and she had the money, right? Or what woman? <laughs> this is the man's day. I'm allowed to say whatever I want on man's day. This is Father's Day. Truth hurts. <laughs> the guy at the races last night thought it was pretty funny when I said I'd get $40 a week allowance. And barely enough. The other part's my eating money. That's not allowance. Debit card for. You don't even <laughs> That's not my allowance. Well, if I run out of spending money, i got to use my debit card. 
I have no options. This is my day. Leave me alone. Anything you got in this conversation to your nose. Larry, you gonna let Or what woman having two and silver coins? If she loses one coin and does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search for it carefully until she finds it. And when she found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, I say to you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God who rejoice over one sinner who repents. A certain man had two sons. This is the big story here. So a certain man had two sons, and together, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent it all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent into his field he sent him into his field to feed swine. Jewish people don't like pigs. So after he'd spent all he had, he ended up in a place he didn't want to be. There's nothing wrong with saving. Amen. Hard days come. Saving and being a good steward is a big part of Scripture. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. He spent everything that he inherited, wasted it, squandered it, in the wrong kind of living, and nobody gave him anything. What an amazing story. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have read enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? This is the most beautiful part of this portion of this parable that Jesus is telling. He's already told two, right? The lost sheep, the lost coin, now the lost son. But it says he came to himself. There needs to be a point in our lives where we come to ourselves. That life has kicked us in the teeth enough. We've wasted it all. We've squandered it all. We've not used the resources widely, wisely that God's given us. We need to come to ourselves. And when he did that, he said, how much better is it for my father's hired hands than what I'm currently living in? I will rise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you Send against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I'd rather be my dad's slave than live like this. Amen. 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 And he arose and came to the Father. So he didn't just, when he came to himself, he thought for a second, a reset happened, and what does he do? He acts on it. It's one thing to have a thought. It's another thing to do. 
Amen? And we can think, I need to do that someday and put it off for someday yonder. But the time to act is now. It says, he arose and came to the father. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven. And he thought about all this stuff that he had already said. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to him, he, he didn't, the dad didn't let him finish his sentence. Come on, somebody. Compassion, mercy, grace, the things that our Heavenly Father dictates and shows us, His character, His traits, is what we should be as earthly fathers. Amen? But the Father said to His servants, Bring out the best robe and put on Him. and Put a ring on His hand. And sandals on his feet. This is a whole lot better than wallowing with the swine. Has anybody ever been around pigs? Mom and dad had pigs when I was little. They're nasty. Anybody ever had a slop bucket in the house? It's where you put everything that you don't have no more need for. Gnats flying around the house because of it. Amen. Stinking, nasty, mixed up, looks like vomit. Come on, somebody. And you take it out there and you got a big old trough. You know what that is? A hog trough. And you pour it down in it and they'll get in it. They'll stomp around, snort, eat, pee in it, poop in it, and keep eating. It's nasty. Pigs are nasty. This is what he was eating. This was his food, his substance. The condition he had got to because he went too far. And he came to himself and said, I have a mess here. If you're eating with pigs, you got a mess. And it says nobody would help him. But his thought was, if I can get back to dad. Come on, somebody. If I can just get back to dad, I'm going to be okay. And even if i got to work for him the rest of my life and be a servant to him, it's going to be better than this. Amen, because my dad takes care of his servants better than the way these people are treating me. I'm in the wrong camp. Come on, somebody. When we're out there in sin, when we're wallowing in the issues of life without our Christianity and without giving our faith to Jesus, what are we doing? We're outside. We're in the wrong camp. We're lost and undone without God. Amen. But where do we need to be? Come back to the Father. Amen. The one, it's better to serve him and be a servant than be back where I always was. Amen. And serving God is not a burden, I assure you that. Some people think, well, them Christians, they are so weighed down and they got all these religion and all these rules and all these regulations and it's just too tough and I can't live that. Amen. And that's what I thought before I become a Christian. I'd watched a lot of Christians place a lot of demands on a lot of people. But when I come to Jesus... And I gave him my life. I found out this is the most freeing experience I've ever had in my life. Amen. It's like a weight lifted off my shoulders and the cares of this world is gone in an instant. Why? Because I gave one decision and said, he's in charge of it all. I'll serve you till I die. Amen. Remember a few years ago when Shannon did that. Him and Jessica st first started coming. And he said he had been to churches. But he had never been set free. 
And the beauty was when he came, he seen how he's sitting in here. And if that's a beautiful sight, you're in a pitiful shape. Amen. <laughs> and he said, if Howie Collier can go to a church and they let him go there, sounds like a place I want to be. Amen. It's okay. Because why? All are welcomed. Is that a true statement here? Yes. Broken, busted, disgusted, the least among the, the society that we're in, everybody's welcome here. Those with problems, those that's got it all going on, successful, unsuccessful, broke, those that matter, come as you are. Because that's who Jesus is looking for. Okay, how did I get to that? Who knows? So the Father said, you know, to these servants, bring the best robe and put a ring on his finger. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. Was he dead? Internally. Spiritually. But physically he was not dead. But he had felt abandoned because he left the fold. He left his dad's house and said, give me my inheritance now. Went and squandered it all. So he was dead to them as far as an inheritance goes. But when he comes back home, guess what the dad does? I got more than you know. Amen? I have more than you know of. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is. Amen? We might come to him and we think, I, you've gave me too much already and I don't deserve any more. But when you come and give your life to him, I promise you, we're blessed and highly favored. Amen? Wake up every morning saying that I'm blessed and highly favored. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at his fingertips and he can do it with it as he wishes. And he can place in my hand that which I'm capable of holding. Puts a ring on his finger. How awesome is that? Now the older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He was out there working, wasn't he? And he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what does these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf, the best we got. There's a difference in those calves that's got sickness and snotty noses and, or dry nose in a calf, actually, I guess. But they killed the fatted calf, the good one, the best they had. And this second son, the older son here, is angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, as many years have I been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat. You're giving this one that squandered everything that you invested in him, all the inheritance that you left him. He runs out and spends it all, squanders it all, eats with pigs, and you give him a calf? You've never gave me a goat. And his second son, you can see his internal struggle going on that grace is something that I don't like very much when it affects others. Amen? But grace is something that I cherish for myself. He should have been rejoicing that his father was a good dad and had a house that he could live in and had a field he could work in. 
Come on, somebody. It's all about perspective. When you go to comparing yourself to everybody else, you're going to get downtrodden pretty fast. Amen. You're going to be some mental anguish pretty fast when you start comparing yourself to the Joneses because the Joneses don't really matter anyway. Amen. So he's looking at his brother and worried about the grace that he's getting when he had had all this grace this whole time to have all these things to be able to do. How do we look at things? Matters. That I might make merry with my friends. Seems like a lot of me, myself, and I in this conversation, what he's saying to his dad. Amen? And selfishness is not a trait of a child of the king. I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. Selfishness is not a trait that God cherishes. He's wanting to make marriage with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, this is what this boy says, the other son says, but this son of yours, he didn't say my brother. So the younger brother was dead, actually, to him. He squandered all his. I'm just waiting to get mine. This son of yours. Think about talking about your siblings that way. Who has devoured your inheritance with harlots. That's going down on Vine Street. Amen. Going to the strip clubs. Being in a place they should not be. And you killed your fatted calf for him? Are you serious, Dad? How dare you? I've worked this whole time. And you're squandering it on him? Ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. And he said to him, Son, this is the dad, said to this other boy, Son, you've always been with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother. He's not my son. He's your brother. Was dead and is alive again. Was lost and is found. What if the church woke out of its slumber and began to look out into the highways and byways to those that are lost, that are broken, that think they have no hope and through us that God through us, through our Heavenly Father, through us, would impact their lives in a way that would give them a thought for a second that they could come to their self and say, if I can just get back to Dad. I'm in a mess. I'm in a pickle. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm shooting up heroin in my arms. But if I can just get back to Dad. To those that squandered it all, lost it all, gave it all, Invested it all, lost it all in the stock market. Whatever way you want to lose it, you can lose all your possessions in a lot of different ways. Amen. And that's not fun, is it? Anybody got a 401k? <laughs> what happens when you look at it? Makes you throw up in your mouth a little bit, don't it? It's like, that's the way I'm going to get out of this thing. This is the end of my days. I'm going to live on this. It's going the wrong direction. But I put my faith in that. 
Or do I put my faith in my dad? Because I got a dad to take care of me. Amen. So many things that this sermon talks about. There is a video that I want to show us. And if TJ will show that video, that'll be about right time. So, TJ, if you'll cue that. Hey, kids. Today I'm going to show you how to iron a men's dress shirt. Today I'm going to show you how to shave. But today I'm going to show you how to tie a tie. These questions that you answer, like how to tie a tie, how to change a tire, are these the questions that, that you had as a child growing up without a, without a dad? It definitely would have been helpful for me to have some of these uh, some of these videos because when I first shaved, I didn't know what I was doing. Fifty-five-year-old Rob Keeney is one of seven siblings. When he was entering his teenage years, his parents' marriage was falling apart, and his mom struggled with alcohol addiction. The couple soon divorced, and Rob's father took custody of the remaining kids in the home. He got custody of us, but he he uh, he would load up the cabinets with groceries, and then he'd be gone for a week because he had met another woman. And then my dad finally, on my my sister's um, ninth birthday, announced he didn't want to have kids anymore. And that was when I was 14. Rob's older brother Rick took him in and reared him through his teenage years, and a cramped mobile home. Let's fast forward to you becoming a dad. How did all of that shape the way that, that you were going to be a dad? At a very young age, you know, uh, I, I determined I wasn't going to do that, that I wanted to do it the right way. <laughs> hey, daddy. Rob and his wife went on to rear two children of their own. In conversations in recent years with his adult daughter, Christine, the two often talked about Rob's habit of offering his kids dad vice. In those talks, the seed for the dad how do I video series was planted. You want the tie to come out right about your waistline. It looks cool that way. If you have it up here, that's dorky. I want to hear from a comforting parent right now. I said, Dad, I would just watch you change a tire if I'm honest. Set that aside. Rob, when you posted that first video, what did you expect? thought I'd have 30 or 40 subscribers and just a few people would see it. And now how many YouTube subscribers do you have? Two million. What does that tell you? It just shows what a need there is, which actually is a little bit, um, it breaks my heart a little bit. And that can be a little overwhelming when I read the comments. Thousands of comments like these line the pages of Rob's videos. As a man of faith, he says he's humbled by the source of kindness and support his videos have become for those without a father figure in their lives. If you just need a method, this is one that's worked well for me for a long time. How much of all of this has been cathartic for you? Over the years, I've had to cough up, I call them coughing up hairballs because I, you know, there's times where I've gotten in a bad place and had to call my brother and said, and had him talk me through what happened to me. You've taken that pain and you've created something fantastic uh, for for millions of people. I get a little overwhelmed thinking, man, I, I hope I do this right. I'm so grateful for the community that you guys are building. It's very unfiltered. And I think that takes a lot of uh, strength and vulnerability to really lean into who you are and not pretend to be. Um, anyone you're not. So I'm, I'm very proud of him for doing that. Today, I'm gonna show you how to use a stud finder. 
if you came here looking for help finding a boyfriend, that would be a different stuff on you. Uh, dad joke, sorry. One of the highlights of, of, of your posts are, are the dad jokes that you, um, that you work in. I tell you what my favorite joke is, it's a knock-knock joke though, and I haven't been able to use it because you can't have a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow oh. who? <laughs> that's, 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 that's how you know that you've become a dad when you laugh at jokes like that. <laughs>
but there's two little boys come running up. Two little buddies in the high school that was sitting there. And Dad <laughs> and it's Benji Horsley and I don't know how many of you know Benji Horsley but that right there's a hoodlum <laughs> I've rode a lot of miles I've done a lot of burnouts I've done a little bit of everything with Benji Horsley and I love Ben I really do Benji Horsley met him chair name and it's just awesome there's no better name than Benjamin <laughs> when those two little boys walked up to Benji and they said daddy can I go down the creek Benji no boys stay away from that creek cause the big kids was down there these little fellas barely talking level and they went over and he said go play that way they went over and played that way they heeded his advice. They respected what he said. And they called him dad. Now is he their blood, DNA father? Absolutely not. But is he their dad? Absolutely he is. And Michelle probably does a better job than him, but Benji got the credit that day. Benji told me the story after they left and how that they drove to Florida to pick them up because their grandma didn't want them. like that gal on that video dad how do I because life is tough and life isn't getting easier it's getting worse dad how do I and if we want to be truthful that's the question we need to ask right now of our heavenly father dad how do I help help who help others if I can give any advice to the fathers in this room today, you may have blood-born children, but we can all do more. If you're sitting here as a single mom today and you're, you're the dad in your kids' life, welcome your, friend, your kids' friends in their life and be a good dad for them. These little hoodlums are going to come in here and do their song that they learned through Vacation Bible School. And not all of them are equal. Some of them have a home life maybe that you don't even know of. So as they're up here, I want you to be mindful that 
you're their cheerleaders today and they're the ones in the game. Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't about you. It's going to be about them. That's what Jesus did. He loved kids. And he loved his dad. If you bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father, I pray for the for the dads in this room today. Lord, I thank you for their giving hearts, for their selflessness in their kids' lives. Lord, that they give so much. And Lord, some of them may be sitting here today and feel like they're a failure in a lot of ways, but God, just give them a very clear picture today that being present is enough. Even if they can't offer things, being there is enough. And God, as we watch this video today, and we thank you so much for this gentleman that is paying forward what he wished he would have had himself, and he's making a difference. God, I pray for every person in this room that they would come to their self right now and decide in this room Help me to reevaluate and just understand your grace, God, and so much that you've given me already and the things that I have is yours anyway. And God, teach us to be like you and that we would seek and to save that which is lost, that we would love the sinner, that we would chase after them, that we would do the things that you would do and that we would act like Jesus acted. And Lord, that we would take these stories of these parables and learn of them so that we could do what he was teaching us to do. Hunt the lost and to love them when they come back. Help people to come to know you through this body known as the bridge. That their hearts would be softened And they wouldn't come to you perfect, that they would come to you broken. And they would give you their life and say, from this point forward, I'll serve you the remainder of my days. Help us all to make that decision daily. That we wake up in the morning and say, let me be like you today. Let me serve you today. In Jesus' name. Amen.